Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who is currently, none of you know this, because you can't see what's going on. We're not on YouTube yet. Thank God. But he is sat in a mankini, <laughs> and he's got a face mask of Devon cow manure all over his cheeks, because apparently it's good for your skin. You have got lovely skin. <laughs> It's the new craze. I thought you were going to you say... You go to a cow pat and smear it on your face. You had you seen this? I thought you were going to say I've got a Devon Howard face mask on for a second then. Oh, Devon Howard. Is he a singer or something? He's a sheeper, isn't he? Sheeper, isn't he, boy? Devon Howard is responsible for the mid-length craze, I believe. Isn't that oh, true? Oh, fair not, enough. Not Howard from Devon. Not Howard from old Devon, boy. Pre-show, we were discussing what to mention and what not to mention. I've got a bit of a potty mouth. And I promise I won't talk about... The three P's. Just keep it shut. Pubes, piss and poo. I promise I won't. I've said them already. I've said them out loud. I've got to get it. It's one of these things. I've got to get it out of my system. Once it's done. You can breathe. You can all breathe, you know, and a sigh of relief. This is a family show now. <laughs> and it will remain ever thus. Um, no, how are you doing? We were having a good old debate before we started to start to show about longboards, shortboards, when to longboard, when to shortboard, and it was fascinating. We should have started recording. I'm not sure if we can even repeat it. It's one of those ones where I'm slowly becoming more longboardy as time goes on, because what I'm realizing is it's taking a tremendous amount of skill to get a lot from it. That's really encouraging focus in me when I'm surfing, and it's really interesting because I kind of think, so why do I go back to shortboarding if I get so much joy from longboarding? What it is, actually is where skill levels you know, fall short. Because once the waves get really punchy and bigger, I cannot handle a longboard. I'm not good enough. Or maybe I don't have the right longboard and someone might be able to say to me that, well, you need to start riding a high-performance longboard and whatever. But when I've been in, in smaller waves lately, it's taking off with this, like a really, everything slows down. It's a bit more zen. It feels a bit more present. You're also removing, well... You never remove ego entirely, obviously. In fact, you probably ramp it up even higher when you start doing this hipster, I don't care about my surfing, I'm just longboarding, cruising. Well, there's just as much ego in that as anything else, but it's like it gets a little more soulful for me. It's also a little bit better on my joints at times too, because here's the thing, you've got this kind of black and white in surfing, really. I know there's lots of new ones, but you've kind of got glide or you've got rip. And I know there's loads in between that. And longboarders will say, nah, we rip. And shortboarders will say, no, we glide. And... Just for the sake of what I'm saying here, let me just explain what I mean on joints. When you glide more, you're not putting so much strain on your knees, hips, ankles, because you don't have to create so much torque. You don't have to really bend down and you don't have to do as much work because the board is massive. <laughs> it's doing the work for you. So all you've got to do, it's like about timing and about balance. And I mean that pure balance of coordination balance of like, you know, stand on one leg with your eyes closed balance, that kind of thing. And it's all about that kind of stuff. So it becomes a little bit more cerebral and a little bit less physical. And I think that's why I've, I've quite enjoyed it on the body because my knees and ankles and things have maybe felt a bit better from doing it as well. I've got to say, when the waves do pump and they really start throwing up, let's use an example like we've got the Bristol Wave, yeah. right? That's a place I would not ride <laughs> a longboard. Yeah. Because you're flying on that thing. And I just wouldn't be able to control it, I don't think. 
Ben Skinner was up there, wasn't he, riding it on? I think he said that his favourite wave was one of the ones that were dialed down because it gave the longboard vibe. Anything over seven foot's a longboard for me. Because <laughs> I'm so... I'm not the tallest man in the world. I like the glide. Don't get me wrong. I think getting into a wave early is a really good thing. I'm struggling to sort of master the grovelers and the shorter boards that I ride. So I just want to focus on one thing. But the point we were talking about, I mean, that was very interesting about being kind to your joints and your body. And that was another theme pre-show we were having a chat about because we've had absolutely pumping winter, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we come out of into spring now. And quite a lot, even in our local, of good, you know, wave after wave after week after week of surfing and squeezing every last drop of what we can out of the waves. It gets to a point where you can hit the wall. Totally do. And you kind of forget to be kind to your body. We'll come back to that later. So to have something that helps you stay in the water and get the fun out of that can be something to kind of, I don't know, raise the stoke levels, which is what we're all trying to do here. Big time, big time. It's one of those challenges with surfing that there's no season. Mm. really hawaii is different you can really park away and say look it's absolutely flat at this period in the year and then it really is pumping at this period in the year but then again you know even in hawaii oahu maui where i have family live they still go to the south coast they still get waves they do but not as much so they get a genuine off season and i think it's a really good time to kind of reflect and get a wider perspective and kind of work on recovery and fitness and niggles and for me Surfing, people sort of say, you know, it's not natural. The movements of surfing aren't natural. In that case, kind of nothing's natural apart from walking, you know, apart from, you know, the basics of walking, squatting, lunging. You think about all sports are unnatural to a degree because it's a sport. It's, it's, we made it up, right? What more is the terminology I would use is it's, it's imbalancing. So if you did loads and loads of tennis or loads and loads of golf or loads and loads of surfing, whatever you get into eventually will imbalance you because it's just repetitive movements over and over and over. Same, same, same. And this week I've really worked at little niggles and trying to get my, my foot to line up. Cause what it is, is in surfing, your feet go into these, these positions. Yeah. They tend to become locked in that position for your surf stance. Now, if you have niggles in certain areas in your hips, knees, et cetera, they can be really exacerbated by, you know, consistently surfing or even sometimes doing still your squats, lunges, et cetera. Because what it takes is going to a deeper kind of closer listening relationship to your body to really tune in to why am I getting that niggle like that? And why is it my surfing's not progressing there? And two really distinct examples for me are, one, my push-up strength, my push, that action. Because as I've told you before, Liam, my biggest weakness in surfing is easily my snap. Mm. There's no doubt about it. And again, this week, I really worked at, you know, why? Why is my push weak? What is it? I've been working at kind of just on the floor, hands on the ground in this kind of press-up stance. Noticing that my core and my lumbar tend to sink down as I go to do press-ups. So I've just kind of added a little bit more lower abdominal work. So immediately I felt this uptick and I'm hands on the floor. Ooh, my hands feel more stable on the floor. They feel stronger. Likewise, should I say, with my knee, my knee has always been a a real work on because it gets niggly from old rugby injuries. And when I squat, my foot, my right foot just loves to dangle out, like loves to waft out to one side like a stray ball wafting out of someone's shorts you know like it's a bit like when we were playing cricket <laughs> you knew it was coming it's a bit like when we were playing cricket i didn't even download one of those bingo cards this week because i thought you're gonna be better <laughs> big shout out to my old cricket captain when i was 14 years old i stare across at him and as anyone would know who's had a grandparent who's accidentally showed them that his testicles would tell you that as we age the balls just go further and further and further south and i never forget seeing my dear 
cricket captain who was in his 80s at this point. I was 14 years old and I stare across and I nudge my mate like this. I'm like, mate, look over there. And there are these two nuts that are basically dragging along the floor, picking up dust. And he's on a bench. So he's like three feet. I mean, honest to God, unbelievable. I don't know why I'm sidetracking on this one anyway. New balls, please. New ball, please. Is my foot dangles out. And so when I squat now, and I've been working this today, I was seeing a client online and I was like, I'm really determined to figure out this knee niggle. I've been getting surfing. And so I squatted down and noticed again, my foot just wants to waft out. It's like, you know, when you drive, I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but your right foot obviously is the accelerator on the pedal. You notice how it just sits to one side. That's another example of how we pick up these imbalances. So when I surf and when I drive and when I move, this foot just wants to constantly hover out. So it's amazing how insidious imbalances become. Do you know what I mean? And until you just pause on your surfing for a bit, it doesn't have to be a non-surfing week to do this, but until you press pause on just life and say, right, I'm going to really take care of my body here, you can just persistently just live with these niggles over and over and over until you actually go, right, what is the root cause of this? I mean, I'm no physio or a body expert, but imbalance is a thing that's kicked me in the backside so many times over the years. I was reading, I have to try and find this and put this in the show notes. There's a guy out there who runs this thing called Functional Patterns, talks a lot about functional movements. And we, at the very start, were really interested in functional fitness for surfing because it's about not what you look like, it's what the training does to enable you to surf better and get more flow. You know, the drill guys. I mean, that's what we're talking about. I was watching him about how you end up, and we're all kind of getting more aware of it now, but it's very easy to fall into a pattern of you keep training because you like doing what you're doing. You train in the way that you always train. And what you're doing is you're strengthening the imbalance, aren't you? So it becomes more pronounced. And then by the time it gives in, you've got a whole rebuild on your hands. You've got to go and see physio and however, you know, from physio to faith healers, whatever you want to do, you're going to have to rebuild yourself. Whereas the, the best thing and that's helped me is to kind of, and I have to keep reminding myself, especially as the body ages, and it applies to all of us aging surfers out there, is that to try and train both sides or to try and make sure there's no imbalance and to try and strengthen the weaknesses and all of that stuff. But it's quite hard to do that, isn't it? Because you fall into the, oh, it's easy, I'm just going to surf. Or uh, it happened to me when I was training for boxing, is you always, you know, especially if you're a regular hander, boom, you're making the same twist, the same pattern, and the back foot, the right hip, on a regular rather than a southpaw is twisting in the same way and eventually you train you train you train and it will go and sort of knowing that now you think okay well maybe you should have also switched dance or whatever and the same is true of surfing isn't it or tennis or rugby or cricket or whatever is to try and make sure that both sides function more effectively big time and it creates such a disciplined and dedicated practice of self-understanding self-care and so much of what intertwined into that is your belief systems I'll give you myself as an example. Last year, as people who have listened to the podcast since the beginning last year, I, I really suffered with my knee and it actually had the biggest impact on my surfing it's ever had. It was properly swollen. I was having to have a missed sessions just because my knee was so inflamed. And I did stretching and I did mobility work and I did this and I did that and I did everything under the sun. I did it consistently and more consistently than I think I'd ever done it. Mm-hmm. And my belief that was starting to form was this is fucked. That was parked there. And I remember having a meditation, and this was over a number of meditations. It wasn't just one where I had this epiphany, but it happened over a few meditations as I do each day, always meditating. I noticed this belief surfacing over and over and kind of the dark thought, the negative thought, you know, how am I going to surf? This is my life. And, And I've attached so much ego, really, it is, ego identity to I am, fill in the blanks, a surfer, which is, of course, fucking nonsense. What if 
suddenly you just couldn't surf. I mean, you aren't what you do. You're something so much more beautiful and peaceful and infinite. And in this moment of meditating and watching these thoughts, I really, really noticed how much they were starting to embed themselves into my DNA. And this is what's really fascinating. Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot. Aubrey Marcus is one. Paul Check, loads and loads of, of people who are really in this mind-body connection game is that that was causing so much of the issue to continue because I not only was causing stress to the area by putting negative energy on the area, but also it was preventing me from stepping outside that paradigm into a new one. And I remember, and this is what's amazing about the universe, because when you ask for answers, you don't try and force them, but you just put your faith back in the universe. You say, look, provide me a sign, provide me an answer. Give me some sort of clue that there's going to be hope on the rise or just something. And if you leave it there, if you do that, it's a really powerful thing. You can do this. If you have any issue that's affecting your surfing or life, you can do that and just leave that out in the ether. And don't kind of go, oh, when's that? Is that a sign? Is that a sign? When's the answer going to come? Am I going to read an article? Just, you got to just let it go. And I remember listening to an Aubrey Marcus podcast a day later. And I was only listening to it because I just love his podcast. A great podcast, by the way. Guys. They are really good. They're good, aren't they? And he had someone on there talking about the carnivore diet. Now, I've been tweaking diet for 10, 15, 20 years and will continue to do so. My belief system about it was that is the most fucking ridiculous idea I've ever heard. And I love it. Because for me, I'm someone that loves to go way outside the box of paradigm of you got to be like this and that's good. Now, I love someone coming on and saying, no, no, absolutely. This will dramatically reduce your inflammation levels. If you just avoid all vegetation any fruit, any grain, seeds, nuts, you name it. Just eat meat and fish and eggs, you allowed eggs, and fat. Just do that. Just take all glucose and fiber and all out of you, just out of your body. I said, okay, I'll give this a try. And it was about a day to a day and a half into the diet. So I'd gone a whole day of just eating meat. I've never done this before. I always have rice or veggies or whatever with foods. And I went a whole day. I went to bed that night, still with this paradigm, money's fucked, but trying to allow that negative thought to be there and try something new. And the next day I woke up and I walked pain-free and I was so shocked that this new approach had created that new result. And I carried on doing it. I only did 10 days, but by the 10th day, I was just running around. I was, the knee had just gone to literally back to... And it's amazing because if you stay in the same paradigm on things with anything to do with your surfing or health or any area of life, you'll get the same results. There's an old saying in coaching, which is, if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. And in the end, there has to be a moment, if you are struggling with an area of your life, there has to be a moment where you don't force the shift because that'll never work, but certainly let go of trying to find an answer and allow it to come. Because then that's what so often we're doing. We're fighting to find an answer. We're fighting, we're forcing, we're trying to push on. That'll never come. It will just get more resistance. But when we just let go and say, do you know what? I'm just saying accept this. You've changed your vibration to one that says, I trust in the universe. And because I trust, the universe will trust in you. And that's how it works. And then bang, you get these answers, you get these solutions. And so if you ever have anything around, I mean, what's been great about yourself, Liam, is you're very open to new paradigms and new approaches. And that is definitely what's aided your surf progression massively because so much of what was halting it in the beginning was lifestyle, mm. you know, and body fat, and also your back. Mm. And those two now, I mean, you're surfing more than I You're absolutely smashing it. Do you know, looking back... And again, this is not the sort of preachy surf, mindful surfer, is it? And it's just trying to help through some of the things we've found and people we talk to and, and explorations we're spending time reading and researching. 
I do think sometimes it's easy and it was easy to become identified by the things that hold you back. You know, ah, oh, I can't, you know, I'm back sort of, I can't really do those things. And, you, and eventually you think, oh, I want to do those things. So what am I going to do about mm. it? And it's kind of an easy place to sit and look, I've been there. So, and I'm sure there'll be other times that, that are sent to test that you say, I am no longer going to be defined by this, whatever, injury uh, state, because you can move on from those things. And often because of this connection between mind and body, I found in my history is that the things are so intertwined that the mind holds on to that injury as well, because it's a very, very easy way to get out of things that might be challenging or take well said. grit and determination. Well said. And sometimes it takes a sort of moment of, of somebody shocking you out of that as well to say, you know, get a grip and, and sort of work it out and think you can actually improve. And I was sort of, you know, thinking, well, it's my back. But actually, it was more than that because there was weakness there and things that could be improved just on a physical level, let alone a mindset level. And then you get you get other bits that sort of just, that it's almost that it becomes a easy crutch with which to sort of make, no other way of putting this, very bluntly, to make excuses about not allowing yourself to go outside what is actually, although it's, you're in discomfort, you're in a comfort zone. And actually, it can be very uncomfortable to sort of go, okay, I've got to get a hold of this now. If I want to do the things that I want to do, and if I want to have longevity in whatever it is that I want to play sport-wise or do, and particularly surf because there's such a draw to get improvements there, you have to start doing the things that are going to dig you out of that hole. But like I said like a few episodes ago, and it's a recurring theme, they're unfortunately... And this is a sort of thing that you have to face. And I, I'm still facing it. There's no end point almost. It's, you keep moving. There is absolutely no shortcut to any of this stuff. There are things that can lift you temporarily out of those periods. But from a long term, I'm going to change and repair the body so that, you know, my back is mm. better for surfing. It's a long and often painful road with no shortcut. But life on the other side is so much better. It's not even comparable. But yeah, you're defined by labels and position and where you are. And it becomes a label, doesn't it? Sometimes. Of course it is. It becomes another thing that you, I am, you know, whatever. The injury can be as much of a label as anything else. Of course it can. And it's one of these ones where it's why the supplement industry is so successful and is booming. And it's been booming for years, but it really is going through another huge lift. And it's because people want a shortcut. Yeah. They see a supplement, promises the world, and it'll get rid of your back pain and It'll sort your foggy brain out and you'll be able to surf 10 hours straight without barely noticing it and not need to sleep and recover. And it'll just trump promise you the world. And this is what supplement companies do. And they're very clever. Here and is the Kelly Slater I pill. <laughs> Take the Kelly Slater pill and you too can have your own wave pool and be on Baywatch. Brought to you exclusively by dodgysupplements.com. I don't like that. That's very good. Yeah. There is no shortcuts to looking like Liam does right now in his mankini. You want to look like that. It takes hard work. <laughs> takes serious work. Because you can even see the abs coming out the sides of the kidney <laughs> a little bit. Even though he really needs to work on his bush. Just message. If you need to message in anything, Liam, you need to. And it, we put this on YouTube. Seriously, it would get you. You know, we should do the, do the show in Mankini. I mean, Mankini. I will, in all seriousness, never have, be wearing Have you ever had a stag where someone's had to yeah. wear the Mankini? Because we had. I was best man to my mate. Uh, who had to, had to, <laughs> had, had to wear one. No, no, he did have to wear one. We made sure. His knob is so vast. He's got this really <laughs> quite huge knob, which should be happy to admit. It kept flailing out the size. It's a bit like my first story about the, oh the balls my. coming out of the shorts. And, um, 
Yeah, it was rather unfortunate when we were out and about and uh, in public, and um, he was he was out and about. He was out and about. Let's be honest. But yeah, it's not the most flattering. A mankini doesn't look good. Bit of kit. Has anyone surfed? Has anyone surfed in a mankini? I know there was the dick board. Did you remember seeing this? I'm pretty certain. Jamie O'Brien had one. Jamie O'Brien has uh, mankinied it up probably with poopies. Oh, God, of course they... If anyone's done it. Anybody. Poopies, definitely. In fact, poopies, I I could even see he's wearing these 80 shades. Ski boots. It's, it, it, it's like Jamie 1.0. He's moved on from that now, Jamie O'Brien, really, hasn't he? He's kind of, uh, yeah. he's kind of mellowed out. He has, massively. Uh, from that kind of whatever bachelor party vibe. Yeah. It's actually interesting because he's a much deeper character than he lets on. Because mm. like initially, like you said, like those first few seasons of J.O.B. were very... Whoa, we take drugs, we rock and roll, we drink, yeah. we, you know, we throw poopies off buildings and yeah. I don't know, whatever else. Yeah. And, you know, girls, 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 and all these things. And now he's, he's much more settled down. And occasionally he's, he's very vulnerable, actually. Well, we all are, quite honest. We, really. It's just about how honest you are about it. Damn straight. Well said. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Segment number two, The Mindful Surfer, just a couple of moments to raise the awareness of the present moment. So take a deep breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And take a breath in. And breathe out. Take one more deep breath in. I want you to hold your breath at the top. Breath in. Hold your breath. Keep holding. And breathe out really slowly. Well done, guys. There's a Japanese study that showed as little as six breaths as what you just did can raise serotonin levels by 70%. Now, serotonin is the buffer to cortisol. Cortisol is our predominant stress hormone. As little as six breaths can do it. And when you're back in that parasympathetic state, that karma state, from doing that consistently throughout the day, you recover better, your mood's more stable, you digest meals more easily sleep better, you're less reactive when people are being irritating or things or life. It's an interesting one, meditation and mindfulness, because it is touted to be the answer in so many ways. And I kind of see that too. I tease if, if someone could learn to be less reactive and more kind of responsive, so respond rather than react and really just be more present, then they can really transform their life. But it's really interesting because the only person who can really awaken in that way is you. I've met people who've done program after program after program and read book after book after book after book and seem to be doing all the right things and they just don't seem awake at all. So it really is just a, an internal thing. And if someone's, you know, quote unquote, practicing mindfulness or whether they're not, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is what, how you know you are because that's the only one, the only person you can know is yourself. And in this world, I was going to come onto this, of dealing with, let's say, I'll pick a stressor. We can relate to surfing as well because we'll have surf friends and surf groups and all these things. 
but life in general, you know, work and family and all these kind of things, is that we're in this really interesting world at the moment where nuance is, seems to have gone. One of my theories, and I know other people have talked about this, one of the theories I feel like as to why black and white has become this predominant theme of you know, right, wrong, and extremism in this way is because words are being read in iPhones on WhatsApp groups and messages are being read and things are being read. Because we're reading like never before information, trigger words are triggering us. Mm-hmm. So someone might send you a message very innocently on WhatsApp and you might get completely wound up and offended. And yet they might not have been saying that whatsoever. And that's where nuance has gone. So it's so, so, so important in this day and age to develop skills that can help you remain calm amongst all the situations that are turning into these sort of strong black and whites, because you can still be the balance that you want to be. And you still don't have to at all get pulled into extreme this or extreme that. You can stay in this middle bit, which will seem very, very different. Very, very different because people love to start like believing oh that thing and or that thing and really attach themselves to like, I'm in this group now and I hate all those lot. And then no, I'm in this group now and I hate all those lot. It's a bit like short borders versus long borders or short borders versus stand-up patterns. It's all utter nonsense. They can always be the middle. Yeah. If you so choose. And as I've always said, there are knobheads and nice people in each of those groups. You know, any group of people will have good folk and bad folk in it, regardless of what you might want to try and persuade them that they're version of what they think is probably not right or it's you know it doesn't sit with your particular narrative of the world it doesn't necessarily make those any less valid you can argue and discuss points without it being this whole vitriol and i think you're right well i think one of the things that happens and again it brings it back to the surf debate doesn't it is if you attach your own identity to something eckhart tolle talks about this if you make something mine, well, it attaches to the ego, doesn't it? So if you say, well, that's my view, that's my opinion, suddenly you're defending yourself almost from mm. something. You know, it takes a very narrow mind. I don't know who there was like, I don't know, George Eliot or, or something like this said to this, uh, the pen name is George Eliot. It takes a very narrow mind not to see everybody's point of view almost, you know, and, and to be able to see a broad, diverse range of views is where you really open your mind to learning. Mm. And if you don't, you're missing out, I think. Anger is a big part of, well, we've certainly fed that that's part of society. I think maybe if we pulled the plug out on a few bits, and we've talked about this, you know, obviously we have an Instagram account because of the show. And, but if you pulled the plug out on a lot of the technology that feeds you these bits of news in snippets with a particular standpoint on something, it's not designed to make you feel good or calm, laid back about stuff. It's there to get you to be sucked into a, a vortex of kind of anger or, or, or having a particular position on something rather mm-hmm. than, you know, if we unplugged it all, then it's like giving your kids a tech ban. After a week, everybody's a much better person. Dude, fucking damn straight. And it's funny. Maybe this, we need a, a weekly unplug from the world. Would not be a bad idea. Yeah. It's funny this us versus them thing. And this is my way. This is the best way. And your way, therefore, is, is the shit way. Because, yeah. you know, this, you know, clearly I'm right. Because is in the ocean, we deal with difficult people. We deal with difficult situations. It's going to happen. And this thing that we discussed in the show before of stand-up paddlers being further out the back, getting whatever wave they want, it can become very easily an us versus them. One moment to spot the mind and really tune in and just be aware and take breaths, you start to notice that there's this ego that's like, these are my waves and I deserve more waves and fuck the stand-up paddler and fuck this. But it's all just mind. It's mind activity. It's ego. And when you can be aware of it, you're detaching from 
its power. Because it, the mind, can only be as powerful as our lacking awareness of it. The mind loses all its power once you're aware of it. Now, it's not to say you're not still getting emotion, because it's like a wheel. Once you get it spinning, it takes a while for that to calm down. It's trying to put ourselves sometimes in other people's shoes. I've, I've been a stand-up paddler, did loads of it. But you are a dickhead as well. I, <laughs> so you tick both boxes. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. And I'm a reasonably fit guy. And I like to, like all surfers, like to get as many waves as I can. And I would have been exactly the same. Now, fair enough, I would have paddled down the beach a bit, but gone for everything and caught God knows how many waves in the session that you can get catch on a, on a stand-up. So when I'm there experiencing this difficult, what awareness can do is it firstly can make you aware of this nonsense mind. And then it can help you do little things like put yourself in other, someone else's shoes yeah. and say little one-liners like, yeah, I know what it's like. So when you're a stand-up, you can see the set, you get excited, you're in the rhythm, you go for it, you catch the way. It's like, it's human. I have to check myself the same because, you know, you try and be this zen, uh, mindful surfer, but we're human. So you go, oh my God, this, oh, this paddle, paddleboard, is I going to get all the waves and that sort of thing? They're only in there for the same reasons that we are. They just want to, we're just humans in the water to have a good time. There aren't many people in the surf to have a shit time and, you know, come out thinking, oh, that was crap. We're all there to kind of get the best out of it. 100%. And, you know, which, incidentally, well, I'm going to mention these guys again. The Fringe Surfing Crew, who was set up by the guys from Karma Surf Shop, where they're mat surfing and belly boarding and that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they are bringing a really good vibe to the, the surfing world. They are still surfing a wave, you know. And I like that because that is really planting the flag to say everybody's in here to have a good time. Damn straight. Regardless of what you're on, whether you're on your, your latest lost surfboard or you're on a inflatable mat or you're on a stand-up paddle, you're just in there to kind of get the best out of what the ocean's got to offer. Damn straight. Hopefully in warmer conditions than, than the winter because we're both looking forward to some, yeah, yeah. like just stripping off a bit of neoprene. Yes, yes, damn straight. And I'd really like to do more of that. And I've made that a real goal. I said, you know, a goal, but an intention to really start thinking outside the box on, on surf equipment and what constitutes a surf and just riding whatever. I went to a beach just recently. There was a swell running in our local beach down the road and we were up the road then to see friends and there was this insane shore dump. Unbelievable barrel shore. It would have been incredible on a boogie board. Yeah. Just like a wooden board or whatever, or just body or surf. hand plane. Yeah. Hand plane. And it's trying to kind of really just be very, very adaptable and be able to adapt with your injuries and adapt with your age and adapt with your environment and the waves you get to surf and the ways you don't get to surf and dot, dot, dot. Be so adaptable that you can just keep melding to all these different scenarios and getting fly out of them all. Amen, brother. That comes back to that point of seeing things from a different point of view. So there is nuance in surfing. It ties back into this sort of vibe that I'm a shortboarder. No, I know. Yeah. And that's it. Because the wave might be doing something that if you got on a plank of wood, you'd have a better time. But no, I've got to sit on this, look cool. Take that out of it and just think, what is the best way to enjoy this surf, life, whatever? And it's to see that there's a variety to be explored. So yeah, I'm all for that. Well said. Scene number three. Mind Body Stoke, things Liam and I have been doing with our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. Now, Liam's one is that he has, quite frankly, ejaculated on his brand new oh, surfboard. Hang on, hang on. Um, I'm just going to put that in the new potty mouth section. Of and he's, bingo. he's left it on there. Bingo! As in, it's a new eco-wax. Is that what you're calling it? Are you looking at this kind of... Do you want to talk seriously about you my can... <laughs> new surfboard? Are you going to be a filthy bugger? 
Oh, you like that podcast, but that bloody Will Foster, he's got a terrible bloody Such mouth on him, hasn't he? Potty mouth. Oh, you've heard that, yeah. Mm. Don't even like surfing, neither. <laughs> Recovery. No, I've got a new board. You, you do have that? a new board. Let's Sorry, talk. we just picked it up. It was by accident because I was going for another one, but it was there. It was available. Uh, I'm sorry, whoever's fan I took it out of. It's, no, it's not stolen. It's a, did a, you steal it? A lost puddle jumper. It's a lost puddle jumper. And it's, I still haven't ridden it yet because... It's finally arrived. In the 21st. I've got my own new wetsuit. I've got the lost puddle jumper. I might got be a the lost puddle jumper. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting on it and riding it. But it is just sat in my lounge at the moment. Serious bit of kit. Yeah. Best gravel board of all time, I feel. Yeah. Honestly, lost puddle jumper. So my and Matt, if you're listening, listen, sponsorship, <laughs> free boards, send them over. We're happy to test them out. Tour of the factory. I'd love a rack of puddles, like the round yeah. pin version, HP, yeah. bigger, normal puddle, smaller one. Da, 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 da. Be really cool actually to ride a really big one. Just see how that would move. I'll give a review. Oh, big time. See how it's going. So come on, let's go. Mind, body, soap. Mind, body, soap. For me, I want to talk about recovery because mm-hmm. we talk a lot about on this show, the recovery from a busy work schedule as well as surf schedule as well as just everything. Life's busy. And we're trying to get workouts in. We're trying to get stretching in. Surfing, dot, dot, dot. I've got 10 here. I'm just going to rack through that I feel I'm kind of like my golden 10. I've been a, a mind, body coach for about 15 years and this is kind of like my 10 hacks for better recovery, better surfing, therefore as well. Number one, Breath work with stretching each day just is your absolute go-to. Other than walking, is there breath work with stretching? It could be just breath work like meditation or it could be both, which is kind of like what you call yoga, but it doesn't have to be called yoga. And that raises growth hormone levels, massively reduces cortisol and improves, therefore, the repair of your muscles. Number two is how much screen time you have. And that's digestion of things like news and news feeds and just being on your phone and Twitter and just Instagram and just that constant distraction, dosing it in the right way. Knowing where your level's at, where you're just actually just starting to become what we call um, hyper-distractable. We think the amazing thing about phones is that they are distractible and we get lured into that. And it's being able to kind of go, oh, draw the line. And the reason why is because it actually starts to raise cortisol levels. If you want to keep cortisol and stress hormones down and be in that more peaceful state, it's kind of noticing when to, to pull back. Number three, grounding, which is a, just feet on the ground, bare feet on a natural surface, sand or, or grass. So making that a daily practice. It's a way of eliminating so much of the inflammation that builds up in our bodies through electromagnetic frequencies that are surrounding all of us all the time from Wi-Fi, computers, phones, you name it. Number four, magnesium. Massive. Take it before bed. You'll sleep better. You'll recover better. Number five, collagen powder because you don't get enough bone, brain, and skin and scale ingredients into our life anymore. We eat muscle meat. We eat chicken breast. We eat, you know beef, steak, et cetera. We don't get the tendons and all the bits that are full of all these amazing um, repair products, which are amazing for your ligaments. So if you have any niggles in your body whatsoever, a daily collagen powder is phenomenal. Number six, a pre-bed ritual, because obviously better sleep is epics, what we're all after, but it's the ritual that goes into it pre. So if there's a, some sort of deep breathing routine and stretching, you'll get a deeper sleep, recover better. Number seven, glutamine. We've talked about this. It helps replenish carbohydrate stores into your muscles, into your liver. So that when you next go to surf again, you feel more recovered. You feel like you've got more in the tank. Number eight, getting your protein and carbs dialed. Enough protein, but not too much. Too much can be a bit inflaming, but not enough can definitely really hamper your recovery. So if you've gone slightly more vegetarian, vegan lately, it could be wise to supplement some amino acids, etc. You have as well, dude, and you're going to talk about those in a bit. Get your protein dialed and your carbs as well. So carbs is, again, not too much, not too little. 
Because if you go really zero carb, it can be quite fatiguing. But if you go too much, it can be fattening. So just trying to find that right level. Number nine, cold therapy, which is cold showers in the morning or ice baths or any, just trying daily getting that cold massively ramps up growth hormone testosterone, which helps recovery again. And then number 10, last one is massage rolling. So it's trying to once a week, twice a week, maybe three times a week. You don't have to overdo it because then you end up overdoing massage as well because it does break down muscle a little bit. It's having some sort of massage rolling routine in your life where you dedicate that time to roll out your lats, roll out your hips, your calves, your ankles, you know, back of the hamstrings, side, the IT bands, and really, you know, 10, 15 minutes twice per week. Those are those 10. I just wanted to rack through them because we on this show talking a real detail about individual things, but rather than sort of go into that depth, I just wanted to just yeah. give you that there. So you might want to note that down and have a look at those. Yeah, it makes a difference. Like I was saying, you can make excuses and there's no shortcut and there's no one hill that's going to make you whatever you want to be. But there are things you can sort of inject into your daily routine or your weekly routine or your monthly routine, along with structured exercise and training and that sort of thing. Talking to myself here, gang, as well, that will help you maintain the gains or, in, or make the gains that you're looking to do. One of the things, what's my mind-body stoke thing that I've been working on? The supplementation, definitely, because we talked about it a lot. You know, like as you get older, things are depleted, aren't they? And I want to surf longer and I want to surf more. And I'm on a sort of mainly pescatarian diet. So that's kind of taken some things out of my uh, system that I would have previously had. And so I was a bit short on a few bits and pieces. Yeah, magnesium's helped definitely on your list there, Will, for sleeping and repair. But very recently, just putting a bit of creatine and carnitine in there, particularly found that helped on the surf the other day. Yep. I was going to say that. Yeah, you were flying, and dude. I, and I spent four hours in the yeah. water, yeah. which previously would have been exhausted by. I would, but not just four hours, mate. You were going again and again. Yeah. You just couldn't empty your tank. No. And I've not had that for since I was a very young man. Yeah. And there are two things you get in red meat. Yeah. So creatine yeah. is very, very important for sports performance as well as carnitine. Yeah. You do get them in red meat. So if, yeah, if you're having a more vegetarian, vegan kind of type diet or pescatarian, yeah. those are great supplements. Hugely missing from mine. What I did find though, and again, this is kind of the, your points on rest, really important. I have to, I've spoken about this before. I have to remind myself because surfing is such an addictive flow experience, unlike any other sport. You know, you wouldn't play three football matches in a day or three rugby games in a day, <laughs> but you'll happily go for three surfs That's in a day. That's such a good comparison. Do, do you know, and we did it the other day. So Thank true. God it wasn't. Tennis. Imagine doing yeah. three tennis matches yeah. in it, you know. Thank God it wasn't working in the evening because we had this thing where I'd missed one of the dawnies the day before, but then I surfed four hours in the afternoon. Then we had this lovely morning, unexpected sunrise. Stunning four surf people that in. morning. Great clean surf. I then went and... Burnt myself out doing gardening. Everybody knows I love. But I was lugging concrete and smashing things up. Felt very manly. I felt like a real bloke, you know, doing that proper job stuff. Not the beer, the, um, the actual proper. And I was exhausted. But when there was a little talk in the evening of, oh, there might be a wave tonight. I'm thinking, yeah, all right, I'll get back in. In no other sport or pastime would you burn yourself out playing two intense matches, then do a full day sort of physical graph, and then even consider... Do you know what I mean? If one of your pals phones you up at 5pm or 6pm after you've done morning of that sport, lunchtime of that sport, you're not free this evening. Now, we've got another rugby match on at such and such or we're playing cricket against another team. You'd just say, no thanks, I played once this week, I don't need to play again. We're happier surfers to keep, so to keep going because it is such an amazing experience. So I'm just sort of looking at the burnout. I killed myself for two days. I've, yeah. Only today have I just started coming back to life again. 
even with all of the little hacks and supplementation, I'd hit the wall so hard and not been very mindful of the, you know, my advancing years or whatever you want to say, I'd forgotten to put the rest bit in. Yeah. So I spent the last two days just flaked. It, completely it, flaked. There's duality in everything. And the blessing of being where we are is we're locals. Yeah. To a surf spot. Yeah. And the duality in that is that the shadow is surfing's really addictive. Mm. We as humans can be mindless at the click of a switch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> yeah. And we do tend to get sometimes our most mindless when we're seeking pleasure too, because pleasure's pleasure. Yeah. Life's busy. Life can be tiring and boring and it, oh <gasps> pleasure such a release isn't it yeah it's one of the challenges of living right by the beach i grew up here but then moved away for a large part of my career as a trainer and mindfulness coach in london and there were real virtues to that lifestyle now fair enough i only got a couple of days three days per week of being able to get to the coast and there might not have even been waves on those days but it meant that i got guaranteed monday tuesday wednesday thursday i used to surf sort of friday morning Full four-day recovery and plenty of stretching, loads of strength work, you know, good stuff, really. There was a real balance to that. And now it's just higgledy-piggledy. Whenever there's waves, we're gone, we're in. Yeah. We've had swell runs that can last for 12, 14, 18, God knows, 30 days. Remember the October swell run? That lasted 40 days. In again, in again, because it's so addictive. So the question then becomes, you know, can we get better at not surfing even when it's on properly, yet we know we need rest? Well, it's, can we get better at not surfing in order to get better at surfing? Here's the thing. It's well said. It's a paradox. Because if you actually give yourself that ample rest and do that bit of extra work on land, when you then finally get to go again, when you're fully recovered, you'll shred. You'll surf way better. So it's a real fine balance, isn't it? Like going in the ocean enough so you're actually surfing and getting the joy out of that and better at that, but also enough of the stuff on land, of the rest recovery and the mobility work and the strength stuff that can then aid that progression. So that's a real fine balance. And I don't think we ever find, do you know what, dude? We do not find it with foresight. We don't go, oh, this is how it's going to be. We use hindsight because we are imperfect humans. We use hindsight to go, ah, yeah, I did overcook it a little bit. So I'm going to, this time I'm going to try and do this. And then we'll probably go back to making a couple of mistakes again, but then again, bang, hindsight, right? Actually, come on, slow down. I will say this, you took that carnitine creatine and you were flying, dude. It's like Lance Armstrong on the last stage of the Tour de France. Amazing. It was epic, dude. It is a new one for me. You know, I've supplemented bits before, not that, and I sort of hadn't realised that that might be a big part that's lacking in my endurance levels when we go surfing, especially because we do it so much. So, yeah, amazing. And because you've over-trimmed your bush, (laughs) creatine's known to help your poops grow. I'm just throwing that out there. He's trimming a bit too closely to the... Dude, anything else on Mind Body Stoke? Anything else you want to share? I'd I'd put a note to say about burnout because, Mm. um, ironically, we had a long Easter weekend. So work, it was beautiful to be disconnected from work for that period of time and to not have the sort of the draw of sitting down and, you know, so all of that stuff was taken care of, dialed, lovely. Time time to spend time with the family. And what you do is you hit the wall in surfing and and other bits of your life where you're exerting yourself. You're like, oh, yeah, you just need to kind of be kind to those moments that, that say, you know, today, no, I'm not going in today. It's knowing when to say no, isn't it? So important. That word, no. Rather than going, yeah, is it on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. You're halfway to paddling out thinking, oh, shit, I'm not good. Yeah, it's true. Well, I've got that for this week because we, we're looking to maybe go up to Bristol. This is the Bristol wave. So if you're listening yeah. to this abroad, this is our kind of wave part. Wave garden. Wave garden we have in our part of the world. And it throws up a great wave. Obviously, you get different settings and whatever. 
There's an Uber Dorney. Nope. <laughs> we got a buddy of mine saying, get in Liam's ear, get in his ear and, and try and convince him, go on, get in. You know, I have to be up at, let's say, quarter to five. It's a full-on barreling wave, this Dorney we could do. And then there's a potential second session if we like and want to at 10, which is more mellow, more turns and, and whatever. And this week, let's see how the week goes. But if it's busy and whatever, it probably is worth not doing that. That Dorney, listen to your body. It's a duality in surfing, isn't it? Life's full of duality. If you go and we go and get barreled because we've been up since whatever time because we did go for the Dorney, then great. You go get barreled. Wow. That's unbelievable. What a, what a buzz. Then the nature is a perfect system. That night you'll be fucked. You'll be yeah. exhausted. So it's. <laughs> I feel like you're doing a long haul flight. <laughs> you're a jet lag. Yeah. I do want to get back there though as soon as we can. It is good. It is really, really fun. Statement number four. Surf Media Insights, anything you want to share? Well, I think we're going to talk about the same thing, aren't we? Probably. Yeah. Ads Lyson, who presents the Grumpy Surfer podcast, who we've surfed with. He's not actually yeah. that far away. You know, he lives in our neck of the woods, and uh, we speak to him fairly regularly and see him in the, the waves. He's a great surfer, actually, as well, really on short and longboard. He obviously has a podcast called the Grumpy Surfer podcast, and he interviews lots of really big names in the surfing community internationally. I listened to Ads' show. The one that he did recently that we were talking about just before the show with Chaz Smith from Beach Grit, I thought was all time. You know, really enjoyed that one because both of these guys have been to very dangerous places. You know, Ads is a, a Royal Marine and Chaz is a journalist for Vice and amongst others. It was really, really an interesting on a couple of levels. One, listening to two surfers talk about surfing, but also them talking about life and putting themselves out there and, and all of the things that, you know, we're interested in. So if you get a chance, I would go and check that out. Obviously, after you've listened to our podcast, I've got yeah, to listen to that. It was a good one. Well, the podcast for me raised an interesting insight on how surfers are. Because Chaz mm. is well known for being very raucous. Yeah. It's a very dry sense of humor, but he will not shy away from calling people out. And he's been well known to kind of take the piss out of people. And really, he's quite full on in the industry. In some ways, maybe arguably the most full on. Yeah. He's notorious in a sense. When Ads had him on the show, and this is the skill of, of Ads as a host as much as anything. But he got Chaz going much deeper and was being more vulnerable, more honest, and, and was speaking very eloquently in that way. And it's really interesting because surfers are full of ego. I mean, right across the world, you know, trying to impress each other and all sorts of, of bollocks like that and say, oh, you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. You know, this, this is what, how it's supposed to be, not how it's supposed to, you know, dot, 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 putting people into brackets, boxes and whatnot. And yet at the same time, we're all the same. We're all vulnerable and we're all creatures of, you know, that have this delicate, ego that is very much ever present and there and can become unconscious of itself at times. But ultimately, once we're conscious of it and aware of it, our true deeper selves and eloquence comes through. So then no matter who you're talking with, then if someone can get into that slightly more honest state, you really see with the interview you have with him, this beautiful side to Chaz. That was lovely. And that kind of, for me in the surfing world, you know, to have a guy that's as raucous as that, as short body froth, go, 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 heavy metal. You know, you add as many cliches as you want to onto that bracket of surfing, which we know who that is. For him to then be like that was cool. It just surprised me that. Well, there's a mindful surfing everybody if they wake up. Hey, very nice. You like that? It was a good one. So maybe my growing in mindfulness is to mention the three Ps less. You yeah. see, I just said three Ps. I didn't even say very good. what the words were. It was a great show, so well done, ads. Good stuff. Really cool. Guys, thanks for joining us. Been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Yeah.